Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. Johnny, we are back for a little debrief post-Monza. Yes. Well, first of all, I think it's worth, you know, maybe asking you what you thought of the Tifosi, Johnny, because obviously that was a little bit of a talking point on our last episode about, you know, how you thought the Tifosi would fare, because I said in uh, in the Netherlands, Max Verstappen's fan... Uh, Fans were pretty loud, but what what did you make of uh, everything out in Monza? Well, I tell you what, I think, and Fred Vasseur said it from the sort of the first lap that Ferrari did around that circuit. They seemed to have a good car, a quick car, and I think that helped the Tafosi go absolutely ballistic when they got that you know wonderful pole position from uh, from Carlos Sainz. It didn't quite pan out in the race itself, but what a nice, pleasant surprise to see Ferrari on its home Grand Prix getting that pole position. And it was a, it was a, you know, a proper pole position uh, as well. Hopefully that's something they can continue to do, Billy, because they've shown signs, but we just want it to happen more often. And then it will start putting Red Bull and Max and Sergio under a bit of pressure. Yeah, I mean... You talk about that qualifying session and that being a, a legit pole. It was a pole by one hundredth of a second. So true. That's we still were legit. Talking, <laughs> we were talking small margins out there, but that's good. Yeah. That's what we want to see in Formula One, isn't it? It is, and again, that's what Monza, to be honest, does do. There's not many corners around uh, the circuit, so but the challenge is to knit it all together. And I think what what was great was just. To see these cars were able to do very similar laps, as in the Ferrari uh, and the and then the at least they seem to be in a in a position where they could actually be in the mix in qualifying. Yeah, they definitely were, and then obviously that translated into a podium in the race for Carlos Sainz. Not quite the victory, but he did hold on for a little while. He's put in a strong performance, didn't he, Carlos, on, on Sunday? 
Uh, well, I think we only have to go back to the beginning of the season when Ferrari was sort of showing that they had that raw pace and then their race pace was shocking. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. But thankfully, the last couple of races, they have improved. They have definitely got a better race car. It doesn't seem to have uh, the issues that they were having with the, the degradation of the tyre. It's still not the Red Bull because Max, I think, I think as we both could see, he just took his time. He wasn't sort of trying to get into the lead as soon as he could because he knew he had a car that was quick. It was good to see, actually, the battle, wasn't it, with Carlos as well, with Max. Yeah. Uh, where he, and even, I think, Carlos thought, well, maybe I've got a chance here. But that wasn't quite uh, quite the case once Max sort of got in front. But they have got closer, and I think it's important that someone gets in a position, like I said before, where you know they are going to be more competitive. We have seen a little bit of that from the Aston Martin in Monaco, for example, with Fernando Alonso. We've seen it a little bit from the Mercedes uh, as well. So hopefully, again, it's just a sign that everybody's, I don't know, maybe sort of working in the right direction to get themselves in a in a better position maybe for the end of this season but more importantly 2024 yeah the team are definitely it was one of their stronger weekends obviously they had that home that home crowd and also charles de clerk was up in the mix you know him and carlos had a yeah. good battle uh in the race towards the end uh charles is what did you make of his performance across the weekend because usually when we talk about the two ferrari drivers Normally, we always think Carlos has probably got yeah. that extra something. Obviously, he got out-qualified by his teammate and then ended up finishing behind him in the Grand Prix. So do you think Charles would be slightly thinking, you know, what if, if he'd maybe been able to extract a little bit more? Yeah, I, I'm sure. And I'm sure, as as we all are we, as, as drivers, we do get disappointed when things don't quite, quite go the way we expect it to do especially when it's your home grand prix you've got all these sort of new colors thrown onto the car and then you can see actually the car from those early laps uh is is looking very very nice to drive so seeing carlos in front of him i tell you what it's a good thing because he has got stronger in the last couple of races and this is a sign of once again that when all the ingredients are there and it's amazing how just one little tiny element comes into your little cockpit and you can get the best out of the car that's exactly what we've seen from Carlos so but now he's got to be able to capitalize on that and of course get that consistency that we see like Max or Lewis or Senna or Prost or Mick Ackerman or whatever it may be Michael Schumacher where they can just sort of do that every single time because all we've been speaking about I suppose for the last couple of years like you've just said is Charles Leclerc it's always been Charles who's been able to get that sort of something a little bit extra out of the car. But it was good to see Carlos Carlos doing that. And that's that's something we used to see from his dad as well. And I think he has got a very similar mental strength like Carlos Senior. And I think that is now, as we saw at Monza anyway, looking as if, you know, it's all starting to just that jigsaw coming to come together for him. Yeah, well, when we look at the standings post this weekend, Carlos and Charles Leclerc, only six points in the Drivers' Championship between those two. And also, yeah. more importantly, for Ferrari as a team, the weekend they had has moved them up ahead of Aston Martin and the Constructors. So they're up to third. You know, that's obviously a step in the right direction for them. That's where we expect them. They're one of the big three teams, you would say, in Formula One. And it's... I think for them, are probably a bit of a relief that they've now managed to climb above Aston Martin. 
Well, I think it is. And I, and I saw a little interview that uh, Jada Ford did with, uh, with um, the, the team principal of Ferrari. Uh, he was, I think, very relieved that it all come together. That I think it's a lot of stuff that has gone on over the last couple of months where they've been trying to get themselves in a in a in a position where if all the ingredients that I've been speaking about before are there, but he's trying to get them all to come together. And I think Fred Fred Vasseur, I think was quite was happy, but he was relieved, I think, at the same time. Because I think the pressure that he's under, and I think he's he said, you know, he's one of the toughest, if not the the toughest job. It is the toughest job <laughs> in Formula One for for someone in the position to bigger and, and better things. And it was the right place for that all to come together. But now just trying to make it all work for the future because it's it's not gonna happen this year. We all know that, that's quite plain to see. But as I said, it's what happens for the next year or two, I suppose, where they can sort of try and get them get themselves in a, in a competitive, consistent uh, position. Yeah, hundred percent for Ferrari. They'll need to keep this momentum going to the end of the season. We yeah. can't go through, you know, this this chat right here and not mention what an incredible achievement a certain Max Verstappen managed to accomplish this weekend. Yeah. Ten wins in a row, Johnny. The first person to do it in Formula One. Yeah. I mean, that's some feat. Yes. <laughs> What, it's ridiculous, what else, isn't it? What else can I add? It is. It is unbelievable. But it's it, the, again. We have spoken about this before. There's a wow factor about Max. There's, there is the yeah. wow factor because it's the consistency and the ability to get the best out of the car every single time. You know, his teammate Checo finished second, great, perfect. But the qualifying is is always his big issue. Max, it's it's everything. You know, he's all, an all round. Unfortunately for everybody else, an all round perfection of a, of a driver in many respects at this at this present time yes he's got the best car sure that gap is coming down but even when he's under pressure you know he finished as you said one was it 13 hundredths of a second away from pole position you know that's a bad day for max and i've mentioned this before even when it was lewis when he was having his dominant times you know bad day it's a still a damn stunning day anyway just because on that particular occasion Ferrari uh, and Carlos Sainz got it right but yeah the way he's been able to sort of bang out those 10 you know consecutive race wins we haven't finished the season yet yeah, <laughs> still we've not. to come no well when we talk about the rest of the season Johnny it's worth mentioning with the form they're currently showing is yeah. that clean, that clean sweep could be on for both Red Bull and then for Max Verstappen until the end of the season? You almost feel like you can't see unless reliability comes into play or an incident where maybe Max, you know, gets taken out or something like that. You can't yeah. see a way that he doesn't win pretty much every Grand Prix to the end of the season. No, and it's like I said earlier on. It's when he was, you know, getting himself in a position to take the lead. He wasn't in a hurry. He was just taking his time. And I think that's the confidence that he's got in himself. It's the confidence he's got in himself and the car. And he knows and it's only going to take probably, a, you know, a couple of laps, five laps, maybe at most before he, you know, he gets himself back, back into the lead. And I think we saw that again. It's a maturity. It is a maturity that has really come together. I, th I think this year, a little bit last year, but I think more, more so this year. And that's pretty, 
incredible considering you know he's only in his mid 20s which is which is unbelievable uh he's got a long long way to go it's quite a daunting prospect isn't uh, it he's very... <laughs> it is it's massively daunting i think i'd hate it if i was in one of the other cars i'd be my lord how long is this gonna go on well it's gone on for a long time yeah, and it's going to continue to go on for a little while. We obviously mentioned just there about, you know, talking about Max, how great he's been this weekend, the run of form he's been on. But it wasn't all plain sailing for sort of the, the Alpha Tauris and the Red Bulls in terms of reliability. A few maybe slight issues creeping in this weekend. We had Yuki Tsunoda on the formation lap, obviously running into problems. And then Max yeah. was actually nursing an issue of his own at the end of the Grand Prix. So do you think that would maybe, you know, give them, give the other teams a little bit of hope that, you know, they might be able to be, be there to seize an opportunity if something does happen? Yeah, I, I suppose you always think in a, in a positive way when you hear that they were in a, had an issue like they did and you saw other teams sort of having a little bit of a struggle as well with reliability but of course it can always creep into your into your uh cockpit as well so you can only do the job that that, that you can but i suppose there is always that chance that if you're in the position let's say that carlos was in and it did go wrong yes he would have got the race win it's, it's obvious but I don't see it really happening because I think they've they've had a few little niggles throughout this season, but they're just little niggles. And even then, Max is able to sort of nurse it home anyway. And it's not really, it doesn't really end up being a, a big issue uh, whatsoever. But yeah, it could come into play. I think we both know that. We all know that at the end of the day. But you can only do the job that you can do. It doesn't matter if you're Max in the doing as well as he is at the present time, unbelievably so, or someone like Alex Albon, who had a great race weekend as well. So reliability, again, has got to come into effect for all the teams uh, on the grid. Yes, they're going to be under a little bit of pressure just because it's sort of, you know, things are getting a little bit tired. But I think we we can see that the ability for the teams to get the best out of the equipment that they have and the reliability that we've had over the last, what, 10 or 15 years has been unbelievable. They are so reliable nowadays. Yeah, they really are. These uh, these yeah, current Formula yeah. 1 cars, there's just very rarely a time where they run into an issue. You mentioned a certain Alex Albon there. I definitely think it's worth, you know, talking a little bit more on that. Obviously, yeah. he actually last time in monza he it didn't go to plan for him did it because he ended up bit you know falling ill giving nick de Vries his opportunity That's right. and he went <laughs> on to score points so do you think i always think when a driver's had a, an experience like that at a racetrack it gives them a little bit more motivation going back there you know to bounce back obviously that was not anything to do with his driving standards but no. equally He's managed to turn this weekend into some solid points. You know, finishing seventh is joint yeah. best finish of the season for Williams. That car, it's it's been quick and qualifying early on in the season, but not had the race pace to hold on to it. But it feels exact. like it's now coming into a window. I don't know about you, Johnny, that not only are they quick and qualifying, but they're able to keep up in the race and, you know, put themselves in good contention for points. Yeah, uh, we sort of briefly spoke about it be, before the weekend because, uh, you know, the car is, is slippery. 
then we sort of said, well, it's actually it's probably a more efficient. And probably that is the word. It's, it is a lot more efficient. It's still very good in a straight line. But like you said, Billy, it's very good now with the tyres and the race space. Yes, you're right. They should just fall away. It didn't matter if he was on the front row. He would have just gone back and back and back and back. And he would have probably just about been in the top 10, but probably outside the top 10. Yeah. Now, he qualified sixth. And then he finishes, you know, in a brilliant position for, for the race on Sunday in seventh. So it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how, if they can keep that momentum going. Because at the moment... You know, Alex is doing a good job. And I think even, you know, I'm going to say Logan Sargent, you know, he's sort of had a, a bit of a mixed weekend, but he's showing he has got some some pace as well. And he's up against someone who seems to be very, very confident in Alex Albon at the moment. But the most important thing, it's good to see the William's name doing a very good, consistent job as well. So hopefully that's going to get better as well, because I think we're all, we are all fans of, of, of Williams, the Grand Prix for the one team. Yeah, they're definitely a team with incredible heritage. Obviously, when I look at the, when I look at the constructors, Johnny, they're currently Williams as a team are sat in seventh with twenty one mm. points. You've got Haas behind them with eleven, so they've got about a ten point margin. But then ahead of them, you've got Alpine on seventy three. So I wonder if you're, you know, if you're Alex Album, what are your goals? Do you think for the rest of the season? Do you think he's sat there? currently thinking we can chase Alpine down if I put some strong points finishes together or do you think that's maybe a little bit out of reach for for Williams led by Alex no, I don't think it is because I think they they do seem to be in this in this bubble of consistency at the moment and I think that is going to come into play we, we've spoken a little bit about reliability and that's another thing that is going to have to come into play for sure at some point during the season um, but they do seem to have a card that works pretty much everywhere that they go to. Yeah, they have the odd occasion where it's not quite as strong as it was in Monza, for example. Um, but I think overall, and I, and I go back to what Alex told me at Silverstone, it's a very good car that you can hustle. And a hustle car is always a little bit more, it gives you a bit of a bigger window, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're driving in the cockpit, it's... Self. And that's going to be very important when we go to tricky tracks like Singapore, for example, or even, even Suzuka uh, as well. Qatar, you know, that one is quite a, a tricky one as well. Motorcycle design for MotoGP, but actually it works very, very well for, for Formula One. But you do need a car that's very, very balanced because it's quite a, it's got quite a tricky series uh, of corners there. So I, I think they can, even with Logan Sargent, I think there is a chance that he will get stronger and stronger as his confidence gets more and more. Then he becomes uh, someone they can rely on getting in those points as well. And of course, that's what they will be focusing on is getting, yes, Alex to do the job that he's doing at the present time, but also trying to get Logan more comfortable with the car, giving himself more confidence, giving himself more chances of getting those points. So, so it's a good it's a good situation for them to be in at this, I think, this point of the season for sure. Yeah, I think they're they're comfortable for the teams behind. So that will be their battle, yeah. be the chase down to, to Alpine, who who had a pretty poor weekend by yeah. all accounts. You mentioned Logan Sargent there. Oh yeah, a shout out to him because this was probably his closest performance in terms of you know getting into the points. He had flashes of that, uh, and another driver who also excelled this weekend, a certain Liam Lawson. Indeed, impressive, yeah. huh? Yeah, really impressive. Obviously, last Very time out in Zandvoort, he, he was really thrown into the deep end <laughs> in terms of yes. FP3, 
jump in the car, mixed conditions. It, it you couldn't have really asked for a trickier circuit and conditions sort of set up for your Formula One debut. And there he just brought the car home, which is what he needed to do. Uh, but Liam finished the Grand Prix in 11th, so just outside the points, about six seconds back from Valtteri Bottas. That That's good going from Liam Lawson. You know, that car, in terms of the Alpha Tauri, it's not like we're talking about one of the front-leading cars. It's only scored three points all season. So in your second race with the team to finish 11th, that probably yeah. has raised a few eyebrows over there. I think it has. I think it was his... I think it was his debut weekend, wasn't it? It was a weekend. Yeah, a full <laughs> weekend. Said, a full weekend. I think that's a proper debut, to be perfectly honest. But I think it was also how close he was to his teammate yep. as well. You know, yeah, Yuki was 11th, he was 12th. It was only, what, a 10th? In qualifying, yeah, just over that. a tenth, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's less than that, I think, actually. Yeah, it's less than that. It's about, yeah, it's about um, half a tenth. It's it's mighty impressive because for someone to be thrown in, and even Monza, everyone thinks Monza, yeah, it's super fast, um, lovely circuit, not many corners, that makes it a little bit more difficult. You haven't got any downforce on the damn things, and it yeah. moves around a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, it's one of the most, I think, one of the most difficult ones to get it all together. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and, but he was able to be comfortable quite quite quickly to be perfectly honest so it's really good for him and even Yuki I have to say you know he's been quite consistent so far uh, this season as well but for AlphaTauri it's just getting a little bit more of that reliability issue we definitely saw with with Yuki sort of out of the way but uh, for Liam I th you know for me I know they always do at the end of end of the race weekend driver of driver of the day but I think Liam deserved uh, that as well you know because I think you know that is a good, very, very good sign for, for his future. And, and not only has he obviously had this weekend as a full weekend, but post, you know, the weekend in general, Christian Horner talking about Danny Ricardo, his recovery from his injury, yeah. they're sort of earmarking that, you know, it could be Qatar that That's right. Daniel's back. So yeah. that potentially will open the door for a couple more races for Liam Lawson to continue that Formula yeah. One you know, that momentum that he's built after this weekend. So if you're sat there, if you're Helmut Marco, if you're, you know, thinking about the driver lineup for next year, Johnny, obviously it's hard to say after one weekend, but where do you think his his head's going to be at after seeing what Liam did this weekend? Well, I think he's, I think we've got to go what happened in Holland and what happened here uh, in Italy at Monza because it was impressive both ways, uh, both races. Um, and I know the way that, I think Helmet looks at things. He expects things to happen straight away. And then once they've happened straight away, he expects them to carry on happening every time they get in the car. He's, now, he expects a, a lot, doesn't he? That's just the general consensus is he's got yeah. very high standards for that academy. And has Liam shown a lot? I think he has. I think so, so I would imagine Helmet is probably very happy with what he's seen so far there's also the situation like you've just said about uh daniel being a little bit sort of further down the line qatar getting back in the car the headache's going to be if he keeps improving them and he gets in he gets himself in front of yuki then it, it changes the whole i think anyway that changes the whole dynamic because you've given this guy a chance he's grubbed it by the scruff of the neck he's actually impressed you then you sort of go right 
Now, I don't know they do, obviously, with Daniel with contracts and everything else. But if they feel that maybe he's not quite ready to come back, they might just say, right, Liam, yeah, you've got another another chance, another race to impress us. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a big few race weekends for Liam Lawson, that's for sure. We obviously wish Daniel so. Ricciardo the best recovery, but of course. that may take its time. Like you say, Johnny, you don't know how, how these things heal up. So it, that's an interesting dynamic we could have at AlphaTauri between Sonoda and Lawson. Um, and whilst we're on the sort of subject of contracts and, you know, everything yes. around that, we, we've got another team who signed their drivers up for a few years and put a little bit of that whole um, silly season rumours to, to bed, haven't they? So uh, that's the certain Mercedes. Indeed, yes. And it's, again, it's, you know, they know a lot more of what's going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of pressure on Mercedes to try and get themselves back into winning ways. It's improved in the last six months, I would say. Um, they're still... A fair amount away from from the Red Bull, for example, they show signs of 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 speed, but it's not very consistent. But I think you know Lewis George, it's the perfect, I think, situation for Mercedes to keep the two because they're both mighty impressive. George has been impressive since he's joined the team. Lewis, we know, you know, he will be, always get the best out of the car. Um, as you know, I was always thinking and maybe hoping in some ways he might sort of try the Ferrari route. But I understand why you'd stay where you're at. Somewhere you're very happy with the whole situation you've got back at the factory, the whole situation you've got when you're actually at the racetrack uh, it, itself. Um, you're, you get on with the teammate, which is which is good as well. Yeah. Um, so all the ingredients are very, very good. But of course, we still want to see these, the, the bigger signs of bigger improvement because the bigger improvement now is a sign for what happens in six, seven months time when we sort of get on the track again uh, for the year, for, for the start of, of next season. So I suppose it wasn't a surprise. It was just, I suppose, how long, how long it took before they sort of got Lewis to sort of finally sort of do that dot at the end of that uh, signature that he put on the contract. But yeah, really good to see Lewis there and good to see George there as well. I think George, that was always going to happen anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, George was always going to be, you know, recent yes. for the team. But Lewis, obviously, there was a little bit more talk around that. Interesting yeah. to see when Lewis's contract runs out. Yeah, two years, huh? Yeah, mm. just when those new regs come into play, Johnny. So, <laughs> so it, it's it's just something, you know, in the world of Formula One, and if you're Lewis Hamilton in particular, you command, you know, you've got that, you can command any seat in that, that paddock realistically, maybe other than Red Bull number two, because him and Max don't get on uh, particularly <laughs> well. But if yeah. you're Lewis, it, it, I do find it interesting that that shows to me that maybe he's thinking that the team might not recover over the next few years to be able to challenge Red Bull. And he's obviously thinking, what it suggests to me is that he's thinking, I need to be with a team that can win a world championship in 2026. And if Merck aren't back at that level yet, then maybe he would look elsewhere once this contract is up. So it almost feels like he's in this sort of period where he's going to ride it out for a couple of years and hope Mercedes find their form again. And if not, yeah then he's a free agent when things could get interesting and the new regulations come out. And we know how he played that before by joining Mercedes all those years ago. 
Yeah, exactly. It didn't pan out the last time we had those rule changes come into effect with the Grand no. Effect cars. But anyway, that doesn't matter. That happens every now and again. Um, but yes, it, you're right. I think there is that sort of long-term or short-term, long-term, whatever you want to call a couple of years uh, situation where you are always going to look at what is going to be more beneficial to you. And it might come right. They may be ahead of the game at this this present time, going back to what you were alluding to when he left McLaren. So, so I think Lewis and the top drivers are always, they're always wanting to be told what is happening, which is what is a positive thing. Now, that's what happened when Nicky got him on board initially and I think there's it sounds as if there's probably a good good chance that that's a very similar thing this time around that you know hopefully they're ahead of the game with those new regulations as you said coming 2026 so let's hope so because obviously we want to see Lewis fighting it out right at the front but we also want to see George have that chance uh, as well right I think that sort of concludes everything that went on this weekend but maybe we should put it back to our predictions, Johnny. You remember those yes. predictions that we always have a go at and they always feel like we get them so wrong, how we didn't even mention Ferrari in our predictions. No, no. Well, we mentioned them, but didn't mention them as far as being in that three. No, we didn't <laughs> think they'd be in that mix. So no. I went for a Max Verstappen win. Funny enough, so did you. Yeah, yeah. I then put... Fernando Alonso second and Lewis Hamilton third and Alonso finished ninth and Lewis finished yeah. sixth so I was a little way off with mine yeah can you remember yours so I got Sergio second yeah and I suppose it's always that thing he, the qualifying was always a bit disappointing but he always races well always races well and they had an advantage Red Bull he used it and he got he got himself into that into that third and then Ferrari were the surprise and the I suppose one of the disappointments was Fernando Alonso who was I put as third yeah I think we both put him on the podium so I I do think actually that is worth a quick mention is that Aston Martin team because after last weekend it looked like those upgrades they brought you know they'd really you know found a bit of a rhythm with that car but they were struggling all weekend long weren't they yeah, so Fernando, you know, was definitely struggling, finishing ninth. Obviously, that's not very good. But it's same with Lance Stroll. You know, he was nowhere, nowhere all weekend. Um, so it just shows where they have very, they've had a very up and down season. But I, th- I suppose what it also shows is when they do have a, a positive weekend, it's Fernando that can actually get the best out of the car as he, al- as he always does. So although it's ninth, it's not a good result, it's probably a, quite a good result because obviously he just dragged out that that little bit more and he probably normal driver would have been probably outside uh, of the points so yeah disappointing because I think we always thought they'd be a little bit more competitive like you said last time out slightly different type of circuit but even yeah. so everybody else was able to be pretty much in the you know similar similar positions yeah it was a similar pecking order around them but it felt like Aston yeah didn't quite get their car in the right window this weekend yeah, so I've got my one-two anyway. You've got your one-two, so I'm very happy to to give you the win on that that set of predictions because I was a country mile off. I think it's fair to say. So, yeah, but it's hard, Billy. It's a it? tricky it's one. It is a tricky one to choose. You know, would we have gone into the weekend like we didn't with Ferrari getting points? Well, we wouldn't have put Carlos Sainz on the podium, Johnny, because no. that's the first podium he's had all season long. So you'd, you'd be a yeah, you'd be a miracle worker if you called him for pole and a podium. Yeah, so, so it's good that there are these surprises that sort of 
surprise us. Yeah, <laughs> the only one that doesn't us, surprise, surprise us else. is Max Verstappen win. If we're yeah. always is second and third on our podiums, that are the, the tricky spots to get right. First, yeah. that's a given. It's a done. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it should be it should be simple actually with Sergio, but even that one is damn hard to to choose because you, you're never quite sure what you're going to get out of Sergio over a weekend. No, definitely not. So, yeah, we've got a little bit of a break in the Formula 1 calendar now. Just one weekend off. And then, Johnny, we head to Singapore. And that's a tough, tough old uh, track, isn't it, for, for the drivers? Yeah. Yeah, mentally, physically, um, time-wise, as in the clock. Of course, it's European time, so it's not really a big problem as such because everybody just stays on European time. But just a brilliant track. And this is where, a bit like Monaco, you see the drivers get the best out of themselves. And that's where we get a bit of the wow factor from certain drivers uh, when they go there. We've seen some wonderful laps. I remember, was it one lap from Lewis Hamilton, I remember. Was yeah, one Lewis putting a stormer there one year. Ago. But, you know, we're still going to see that from Max because it's a type of track that Max will just excel. Um, but it's also a track where you might see someone like McLaren sort of get themselves together. Who knows with actually Williams as well, uh, with Alex Albon. There's going to be plenty to sink our teeth into, isn't yeah. it? When we, uh, yeah. You know, the build up to the Singapore Grand Prix and all cool things, you know, who we expect to be on our podiums. Yeah. Uh, but really enjoyed that, mate. Really uh, good weekend. Good to see the Tifosi in, in full force and celebrating that podium from signs at their home race. Yeah, and, just one thing uh, I wanted to say, Billy, is just obviously after the race, Carlos Sainz, and he got robbed when he was oh, at his yeah. hotel after the race. So he didn't, it was a yep. bit of a horrible sort of end to a, to a good weekend. So hopefully Carl yeah. he's okay and he'll be fine when he gets to Singapore. So yeah, hopefully with you, mate. Yeah, definitely thoughts with you and uh, hope you're ready to bounce back and carry on that good run of form yep. uh, in Singapore. So yeah, wicked podcast. Really enjoyed that one. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you've got any questions you want to ask us, um, in the coming weeks before Singapore, let us know and we'll make sure to answer that in one of our team radio episodes. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. This is a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.